<laughs> it was, I felt it coming yeah. on. I was like, please don't go. When I saw it. Because you know it takes like 15 seconds from the time I hit record for it to start. <laughs> and I was literally taking a breath. And then you're like, shoot, bless you. <laughs> Welcome to two bookworms. One podcast. The book club podcast where best friends talk about books. I'm Cameron. And I'm Lacey. And that was Lacey Sneeze. <laughs> if you haven't heard it before. If you heard it before. And welcome to another week. What's up? What's new with you? Not much. Thankfully, school's out for the summer. At least for my son. <laughs> Not for work. When did it end? Like this past week, like Thursday. They got out early and they were done. Sweet, sweet. I bet he's excited. Yes. Cool. Well, I guess we'll just get into our second suite. If you're new here, this is something we do every week. It's from a Colleen Hoover book. It's from the Slammed series where they go around a dinner table every night and talk about their suck and their suite for the day. Uh, so Lacey and I start every episode like that. So Lacey, what is your suck for the week? So my suck is... Like, Texas sucks with schooling, okay? <laughs> so, like, there's so many requirements you have to jump through hoops for, like, all throughout your school years here. Like, like if you pass your six weeks, you have to pass the state testing that they do every year. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I think the standardized testing is, like... I don't think it's fair, because some people do not test well. No, and most of the stuff is not stuff that they were teaching you throughout the year. Right. And like this year, apparently it was the first year they did it all electronic and there were so many issues like in, in from Texas. No. Yeah. Way. Yeah. Yeah. So like my boy didn't pass them because he had an embarrassing incident that week. So of course he wasn't thinking about that test because he's in sixth grade, you know. Right. So he's after but he passed every six weeks. So they're like, oh, we want him to come to summer school because, you know, the state of Texas passed where if they failed the state state test, then they have to have so many hours of additional school time. And I was like, nah, I was like, he ain't going to summer school. I was like, he wasn't in his mind when he took that test. I said, I'm not going to punish him when he passed every six weeks because I do not agree with this test. I said, no. Well, and they said, OK, do, well, yeah, because I mean, it's my decision. You know, they can't oh. say no. They're like, well, you know, he'll have to go his whole lunch hour next year to do tutoring. I said, that's fine. I said, but I'm not going to punish my child and make him go to summer school when he's having his own little preteen issues right now. Yeah. And isn't this the first year they had to take it since COVID? Like, haven't they not no. taken it in a few years? No, they've taken it um, like every year. I think COVID hit like right after or right before. Maybe it has been two years that they haven't taken one. Yeah. No, because he took one last year. So no, then last year was the first year. year. I think COVID was the only year they didn't take one. Mm. Well, every teacher that I've talked to agrees that the tax test, what do they call it now? The star it's test. It's the star test now. It used to be the tax when we were in school. And then it was toss. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Well, that's It's sucks. stupid. Um, yeah, they need to do away with that. Um. Texas has a lot of issues that we won't get into because <laughs> it's too much. Maybe it's too much. Um, it's everything. My suck for the week is also Texas related. Um, Bucky's is out of cherry sours again. Ugh, again. 
What the fuck, Bucky's? What? I, I don't understand why you can't. You make all the other candies, including the other sours that are not cherry. So what is it with the cherry sour? What is it? I've been to two. Oh, of you know what? What? Speaking of being out of stock. Okay, so Taco Bell <laughs> brought back their Mexican pizza. Are they out of Mexican ago, pizza? Right? Dude, they have taken it off their menu again because You're they lying. could not keep up with demand. You're lying. They took it no. off. It's gone again. They said it'll be back later in the year, but yeah, I mean, you had years oh, to plan uh, this. Like you knew you, this was happening. They already have the taco meat. They already have the tostadas. What you mean that it's not a tostada because they don't carry those anymore. No, it's the you know the yeah, it's the flour some flour tortilla because thing. they put those in the crunch wraps too. So they yeah. are. This is my issue with Taco Bell when they took that damn double decker away. And they won't make it, but they literally have everything, everything for thing it. to yeah. make it, and they refuse. They freaking, I'm like, okay, just give me a burrito, don't wrap it up, and a hard taco, and I'll fucking put it together myself. Well, I mean, they did this with half of them for months, and then they can't keep uh, up with demand. Like, you knew it was going to happen. Right. Um, you knew it was going to happen. Honestly, the Mexican pizzas are overhyped. I mean, they're not as good as they used to be because I did have one when they came out. We did too, and I and I had never had one, and I was like, "This is it." The crunch wrap is better. The crunch wrap is way better. It used to be better. Like they didn't put enough red sauce on mine when I got mine, and like the crispy part of it are completely different. Like mine really? was not as crispy as it used to be. It used to be like in your face crunchy. I thought they also used to put like sour cream and tomatoes no. on there. They do and... put tomatoes on it, but no sour cream. I was it was abysmal. Um Steve made a homemade one and it was delish. And he mm-hmm. also made us homemade crunch wraps. And then we got this bo- this bottled Baja sauce from Walmart that was Taco Bell brand. It was nasty. Don't do anything like Baja sauce. They also, just to rub salt in the wound, had a double-decker taco-making kit. <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> Why do you sell it if you don't carry it? Why do you sell it if you can't make it? You have everything there. Just freaking make it for me. Come on, guys. I'm drinking wine. That's not a good combination. <laughs> um, so I found this wine. We were at Whole Foods. Cause I, uh, remember I won all those gift cards? So one of them was Whole Foods, and we were like, hey, we need some stuff. Let's go ahead and go to Whole Foods. And I saw this blue bottle of wine, and yes, I bought it because it was pretty, but also because it was a Moscato, and it said it had flavors of, like, melon and pear and something else. And I was like, okay, well, that sounds pretty good. Lacy. It is so good. I'm like, I'm probably about to get drunk. It's so refreshing <laughs> and crisp and light and you know when I drink and I talk shit, it just gets worse. It's okay. <laughs> Perfect time for it. Okay, yeah. So my second, my second that they're out of cherry sours, get it together. Um, so funny story. <laughs> While we're talking about Bucky's, um, we went the other last week. We house sat for my mom, and you know she lives pretty close to a Bucky, so we went for dinner one night. I had the chili dog, and it was freaking delicious. If you haven't tried it, try it. It was good. There's still a lot of hamburgers. However, um. So Steve got these, uh, what are those that you got? Chips? Yeah. What are those? They're like chips, but like Bucky's makes them there, like potato chips, but they like make them there. So they come in like a white bag that's open. It's like the Twister. Yeah. The Twister tater chips. Yeah. 
So he got some of those. We, we bought a bunch of stupid shit. And we go up to the register, and the dude's scanning it. And so the chips are just in a white little bag that are open. So he scans it and, like, pushes it, and they, like, freaking tump over. And, like, chips oh. spill out on the counter and the floor. And the dude didn't even stop. He just kept scanning. And no. So, I swear, he, like, he... He was so indifferent to the chips spilling everywhere. And Steve was just like, uh, like I mean, can I go get another one of those? You know, you just, <laughs> you know, Steve's a germaphobic to begin with. <laughs> so he's not going to be eating those. And like half no. the bag is spilled out. So he's also not going to pay for something that's half. Yeah. So I was like, Steve, why don't you just go get another one? So he asked the dude, he's like, hey, can I go get another one? And the dude, (laughs) no lie. Scans it again. He shrugs his shoulders and just keeps scanning stuff. Oh, my God. I'm like, did he not realize he knocked him over? Or is it like the end of his shift and he doesn't give a crap? Like, but they're getting paid enough. Like, they pay well. Exactly. They're getting paid pretty well for their, for like what they do. And, I'm like, dude, I, you know what? I wasn't even mad at him for like, whatever. We got another one. It was fine, but we left the chips on the floor. I'm not about to clean them up. You spilled them, dude. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as it happened, I told Steve, I was like, Lacey will never believe this. Yeah. So funny. They get paid what? too much, man. No, I think they get paid appropriately. Well, I mean, it's appropriately, but they get paid too much to act like that. act like that. Like, I would expect that from, like, minimum wage, you know? Yeah, Yeah, like at Walmart or something. Agreed. Mm. What's your sweet for the week? I'm just sucking up this wine over here. Freaking good. (laughs) Bring some. Next time I come over, next time you come over, whatever, I'm going to have a bottle for you. And it is cheaper at Total Wine. I bought it at Whole Foods because we had a gift card. It was, like, $5 cheaper at Total Wine. But you know that shit's not open on Sunday because Texas. Yeah. 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 I need to go to Central Market and get some, like, German dessert wines because they're sweet and I love sweet wines. You do because you keep talking those up and I want to try them. Yes. I think this Moscato would be good with, like, a fruity dessert or also, like, a Mm. really light charcuterie board. Mm. I love how just, like, collectively as adults, We've all agreed that, char- like, we grew up on Lunchables, so now we just call it charcuterie when it's literally a Lunchable that doesn't come in a pre-filled package. <laughs> it's still a Lunchable. <laughs> I love that for us. It's great. It's a lunch board. <laughs> it's a lunch board. <laughs> what is your sweet for the week? <laughs> so, little things, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. My new watch, we know I got. Yes. Well, I was going through the faces of it to change, like, the clock face and all that. Uh-uh. I set it to this device they have in a game called Fallout 4, which is a pit boy. <laughs> mm. And I freaking love it. <laughs> You're going to have to show us what that means because we don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah, I'll show you. You can post it. <laughs> As you were talking, to, so it's a game, like a video game? Yeah. That just made me think of Leroy Jenkins. Jenkins. Um, yeah, apparently this is like 12 years old and I'm just now learning about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Okay, my sweet for the week is the new Top Gun movie is finally out. Yay! I got to go to an advanced screening because, you know, mm-hmm. I'm careers with my first husband. <laughs> and um, 
I I guess I went in with really low expectations because it freaking blew me away. Did it? Like, was it so good? Yes, it was so good. And I rewatched the first one the night before, and I don't remember the first one being as horrible as it was. It's cheesy, but you have it, to remember the time. We have to remember the time, but it's like it has no plot. It has no, no character development. It's just like nonstop action sausage fest. And um, this one, it had like, okay, it was supposed to come out like 2020. So obviously they pushed it back like two years, right? Because Tom Cruise ain't about to let that baby stream. Mm-hmm. No, ma'am. He makes his money from the box office, honey. So he had to hold that. So they had two years to like fix anything that was wrong. And it was, it had a story. It had a plot. It had character development. It had half naked dudes playing football on the beach. It had everything moviegoers want to see. Also, apparently, I didn't know this when I, before I saw it, I found out after I saw it. Tom Cruise, you know, he's a daredevil, you know, he does his own stunts and shit. He, Mm -hmm. they made a camera that fit in the cockpit of actual fighter jets and the actors are actually in a plane flying during those scenes. Oh my goodness. There's a pilot in front of the plane flying while they're acting and doing the scene. So they're like, one guy was like, yeah, I literally threw up like every day. Cause those G forces are real. And like, we're really <laughs> experiencing that. And it shows dude, it shows in the movie. I want to go see it in IMAX. Cause I didn't. And my mom wants to go see it. So I was like, Hey, let's go see it in IMAX. And she's like, okay. And um, I'm not just bought Tom Cruise bias. I went with one of my friends. She's not obsessed with Tom Cruise. And she said it was an incredible movie. It really is great. I think everyone should see it. Lazy. Let's go I'll see it. Just see it. Yeah, yeah. I'll just see it. Um, before we get started, um, so <laughs> William sent me this text the other day, and it was a picture of him holding a court of thorns and roses. <laughs> and I was doing it. Did you doing it? About to read it, and he was like, "No, my cousin gave it to my wife." <sighs> and I was like, "He's like, if she reads it, will you talk about it on the podcast?" And I was like, "Yeah, but why don't you read it?" So then I was like, "Steve, William's reading Akatar," and Steve's like, "If he does it, I'll do it." Do but it. then, but then I told him William wasn't reading it. So William, you have to read it so we can get Steve to read it, and then we can all of us I'll get on here. It. I really, really want. I told myself I was going to reread the series, but then I now I have to take that super stupid summer class. I'll, I will what reread it. Summer class. What? What happened with summer class? Oh, I didn't tell you. No. So I know I told you that my graduation got put back, pushed back to winter. Well then. Make a long story super short. My advisor, I don't know if she got fired. I don't know if she quit. She no longer works there. And good riddance. She was a pain in my ass. But she, um, so when she left her job, my advising appointment with who I didn't know at the time was the director of the department knows what he's talking about. Um, mm-hmm. So he was the one that's like, yeah, based on these hours, it's going to be winter, not spring of 2023. And I was like, oh. Okay. Well, then he just like randomly emailed me one day and he's like, Hey, Cameron, we did an audit. And since you already have your associate's degree, we went through and just basically force completed a bunch of stuff for you. So how does graduating spring of 2023 sound? And I was like, well, Don, it sounds pretty damn good. But what's the catch? And he's like, you got to take a summer class. <laughs> and I was like, just one. And he's like, just one. And I was like, all right, damn it. I'm all in. Let's right. do it. So I'm taking this one summer class, and then I'm taking 12 hours fall and 12 hours spring, and I'm done. Yeah, that's not bad at all. 
it's not bad. And the class runs from July 5th through August 5th. So I still have a little bit of a summer. Yeah. The full summer I was expecting, but it's better than nothing. Um, so we'll see. Uh, a month from now, I may be like crying and pulling my hair out, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, William, Steve, if y'all reread, if y'all read Akatar, Lacey and I will reread it. Yep. Oh my gosh, we're all, we're, will our listeners put up with another Akatar episode? <laughs> Maybe we'll find out some things we didn't find out before. Okay. Sometimes I mean, we're read- totally gonna, we're totally gonna hate sooner. You do, you do, I do that all the time, like rewatching stuff. I'll be like, catch something that I didn't catch before or mm-hmm. look at it in a new frame right. of mind. So yeah. Steve, you, you gonna read it? Mm-hmm. William, Steve said, if you read it, he'll read it. Come on, come on, boys, let's do it. All right. This week we read Darling Girl by Liz Mikowski. This was a, a listener pick. You guys voted and we read it. Um, so Lacey, overall, what did you think? Uh oh. It's just okay. Like, I think my expectations were probably a little too high. Okay. I hate when that happens, yes. Oh. Okay, well, I loved it. And I was like, this book sucked me in. I was just like, oh, it was just such like a different premise. And then I always mm. try not to read a synopsis of any book we're going to read. Just because I don't, I don't, I don't know why. So I literally did not know where it was going, what was happening. Um, and it really turned into a lot of different things. I didn't realize that it was, but we'll talk about it. So I'll pull up the questions and you give them a synopsis. So we follow the point of view of Holly Darling, which is Wendy Darling's granddaughter. And. She has gone through a horrible accident, has lost one of her twin boys, her husband, and then I I don't remember if it said maybe like a year later, she also two years has two years. Her Mm -hmm. daughter has an accident, which leaves her in a coma until Mm -hmm. present day where her daughter has been kidnapped Mm -hmm. from where she currently is being cared for in a coma. And she's in a coma, so they're like, um, we don't know where she is. So Holly goes back home to England and Mm -hmm. with her son Jack, and it takes us from there. Yep. So Holly's living in New York. She has started this skincare company um, because her background, she was like a, listen, it says what she is. I really don't remember some kind of bio something. She knows her shit, okay? She's a scientist. And um it's like the launch of this pixie dust that they're about to do, like, a collaboration with a makeup company. And even the lady in the meeting, like, puts it on, and it makes her look younger and glowy. And um so that's, that's where it starts. And then, like Lacey said, um she gets a phone call that her daughter's been kidnapped, and her business partner's like, daughter? What daughter? And she's like, ooh, well... Um, I remember that accident where my husband and son died. Well, I was pregnant and didn't know it. And then I had a baby and her 
birth was like really difficult and she had this really rare condition. So she's been in a coma over like 13 years and her business she partner. She doesn't tell him that till later on. Right. She doesn't even give him the whole story. She, she like leads him to believe that she is dead, her daughter. But he is like her best friend, former lover ish. And, um, he's like, what? It's crazy. We'll get into it. Um, questions are a mix of Oprah's book club questions and our own. So, Lacey, did I say your name right? Yeah, have you drank too much wine? <laughs> Let me take a sip of water. What was your favorite part of the book? Hmm. Liz Mikowski is going to listen to this and be like, wow, this chick's a lush. I can't believe <laughs> they're talking about my book. Like, like, does oh, she read like, like this all the time? <laughs> Sometimes, Liz. Sometimes I do. <laughs> I'd have to say, I think my favorite part of the book would be that Peter Pan's more of a villain than a hero, yes. like the original stories. But mm-hmm. also, also, like, there's parallels between him and Holly's daughter, Eden. Mm-hmm. And we'll find out more about that later. Mm-hmm. But they reference Peter growing up and getting older but not growing up like inside yes if that makes sense i'm glad even like it's kind of the same thing her body's growing older but she's not growing up just like Mm -hmm. peter pan so eden the daughter the one that's in a coma her her rare condition is that she ages too fast so it talks a lot about when after the accident and Holly discovers she's pregnant, the doctors are like, what you're already four months along. Like, how did we miss this in the hospital? But Holly knows she wasn't pregnant during the accident. And we'll get into that. And um, so she's younger than Jack, but she already looks like a grown woman in like pictures and things like that, because the nurse, there's like 24 seven care that Holly has hired. Holly comes from a very wealthy family, the darling family in this book were the inspiration for Peter Pan. The author wrote the book based on Wendy's story. And it says in the book, when the author died, he left all like the money to them. So they're very wealthy, very like well to do. Um, And so that's how she can afford like around the clock care. She's in like this country estate, and um, she's like hooked up to all these machines. And yeah, so my favorite part of the book was I, I also like that Peter Pan was the villain. Um, it's different because we grew up with that Disney story, you know, that, mo- you know, the movie. That's really the only exposure yeah. I had with Peter Pan. And then the show Once Upon a Time, which was the greatest freaking show. Love that show. Um, I don't think Peter no, he was in the show, and he was also a villain. Yes. Ish. Yeah. But, I mean, you didn't really get much of him in the show. No. It's more about Captain Hook in that show. Mm-hmm. Rightly so. That Which is awesome. funny, because he's featured in this book, too. Yes. Yes, he is. And um, I, it kind of got me thinking about, you know, this wasn't like a retelling. It's like a reiteration, I guess, of Peter Pan. You would call that a retelling. Um, make a long story short. 
the reason this book, there's many other, there's apparently there's a few other retellings, things like that. The um, copyright for Peter Pan has expired. That's why other people are able to take these stories because the copyright only lasts like the length of the creator plus like 70 years or something like that. Oh, right. And I was reading on uh, Wikipedia and Vox.com that that, uh, that copyright expired in 2008. So I think the show Once Upon a Time was able to do it because um, Disney probably owns like their version of Peter Pan or whatever, not like the novel version. So I guess that's why they're able to do, I mean, because in Once Upon a Time, they had like every Disney character. But I'm sure if you're like talking about, because most of those stories are from the, um, was it the Grimm brothers? Or, yeah. Not, mm-hmm. They're that the Grimm the brothers, but they're like old, they're like old tales or whatever. So I don't know how that works. We have, all I know is, the author's life plus 70 years. I learned that in that one professor's class that gave us a slideshow about his life. I do remember a few things from his class. He did teach us other things besides things about himself. Um, so that was my favorite, long story short, that was my favorite part is that Peter Pan was the villain. I thought it was an interesting take. When I first saw this book, I saw people talking about it on Instagram before it was even recommended in like the listener's pick. Um, and all I heard was that Peter Pan was the villain. And I was like, ooh, okay. I'm intrigued. So, yes, I agree. That was my favorite part. What was your least favorite part of the book? Probably the drag between some of these events that take place. Yeah, there's a little bit, there's a little bit of a drag. It's not too bad. It's not. I think I was just so compelled by the story, I was able to fly through it. Like, I just had to know what was going on. And then there were some... See, I was, I was compelled in certain areas, but then it would jump back to, like, you know, Eden and Jack being kids, or, mm-hmm. like, Holly being younger, and then, like, Holly right after the car accident when she meets Peter, and, like, mm-hmm. learning about Peter when she's a kid, like, it just kept jumping back and forth at different timelines. I think that's my least favorite is that you really didn't get a warning when it was in a flashback. No, you had no idea until you started to read. Yeah. Which it was important information that you needed. Mm-hmm. You just didn't know it until you you're just like, didn't oh, know wait. it. And then you're like, shit, we've gone back in time. Um, so yeah, that was my least favorite part. Next question. Was it a fast or slow read and why? was both for me okay like i would sit here and turn page after page when there was a lot of action going on but then when there was like more descriptive scenes and scenes about holly's day that didn't really matter too much it would take a lot longer for me to read yeah it was fast for me um i was just very like it sucked me in and it was not going to let me go until i finished it i stayed up late i ignored steve um (laughs) he didn't hear me (laughs) um yeah so after let's give William an update so Holly's in New York she gets the call that her daughter that's in a coma is missing and so you're like um how does someone who's in a coma go missing I don't know so she goes home and at first she's gonna leave her teenage I think Jack is like what 15 ish 16 something uh 
Yeah, yeah, he's mid-teens. He's one of the twins. The other twin did not survive the accident. Um, Jack is an asshole. Are all teenagers like that, or is that just him? I mean, my preteen's like that. He's a preteen, but Let me tell you. yeah, Jack's pretty. Jack's pretty. If I'd have said some shit like that to my mom, she would have decked me. I'd have been slapped. Ugh, he's such a. Jerk. We've been cleaning both our houses. So at first she's <laughs> right, right. So at first she's gonna leave him with Barry, um, her part, her work partner and best friend. And she's going to go to England because she doesn't want Jack anywhere near, near this because she has never told Jack what's up, that he has a sister, that she's in a coma. Oh, and by the by, she injects him with her blood. Why? Because Eden has this magical blood that heals everything. And after the car accident, Jack was like messed up and he like couldn't walk and he was in a wheelchair. And then accidentally when Eden fell and she hit her head and blood got everywhere, it magically healed him. And then that's when Holly's like, hmm, interesting. So Holly does feel bad about it. And she does show remorse. She truly did try everything she could for Eden. She tried to move her to London. She said she didn't do well in London. So she moved her back to the Cornwall estate. She took her to countless doctors. No one could figure out how to wake her up. And no one could figure out her aging thing. Holly herself, who was like a bio something, 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 was most that was what most of her work was about was trying to figure out how to cure her it just so happened she found like a bunch of properties to make all this like anti-aging cream and stuff which by the way i would love to try because all of these products right right love some darling cream and um but she does she does take blood and she does stockpile it because apparently jack needs an injection of eden's blood every month or he's gonna like go back to the condition he was in after his car accident. Um, so she's going to leave him with Barry and she, her flight gets canceled and she, she drops Jack off at school. She goes to her flight. She's like, Hey, a car is going to pick you up, pick you up after school, take you to Barry's. I'll be in London doing work stuff, taking care of the sister. He does not remember or know about her flight gets canceled. She goes home and this little shit has a bunch of friends over and they're smoking weed and drinking beer and partying. And she's like, why aren't you at school? And they're like, uh, gotta go. And uh, so she's like, guess what, Jack? You're going to London with me. So they go to London. She leaves them in the hotel to go to the house. And she's like, okay, have y'all really searched everywhere? So they're like checking everywhere for Eden. And then there's like, she interviews everyone that works there. And some of the like, like the groundskeeper has a really weird story about a shadow. And she starts thinking like, it does not tell you for a while. It does not mention the name Peter Pan. It does not tell you her history with Peter Pan. You kind of get that. You kind of get that in bits later on. But it alludes to Peter Pan because there's like a red feather. And then there's the shadow. So you get that he's a total douche. Um, am I forgetting anything? Somehow Jack finds, uh, Jack shows up at the house because he's bored at the hotel, and then basically like stumbles into everything she's been trying to hide from him. He runs. No, he runs into. Okay, so oh, the girl that babysat him. Right after the car wreck happens, like Holly has Jack in the hospital with Eden, but he, Jack's upset. You know, he doesn't like being there. Like when they leave, he cries for hours because they were just attached at the hip. He just loved her. She loved him. Well, a cop comes in 
and they're talking and everything. And he's like, well, Jack doesn't really need to be here. And she's like, well, I agree, but I don't have anybody to watch him. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, my niece babysits, so she'll come babysit for you. And that's what happens. Jack runs into her when she's older. Which is totally until weird. she runs the bakery. Yeah. Because he's like yeah. a little kid. It's, London is not that small of a place, okay? Well, they're in Cornwall, <gasps> which is the country. Okay, maybe that's... But see, thought... she's... Oh, no, you're right. You're right. They were in Cornwall. They moved yeah. to London later. Yeah. She saw this boy when he was a a child. Baby. Like, how are you going to remember him? And how is he going to remember yeah. her? Because he doesn't even remember his sister. Like, yeah, I thought that was weird. So she brings him to the house. And then Polly's like, shit, shit, shit. And she doesn't even really tell Jack the whole truth then. She gives him, like, bits and pieces. But then Barry in New York is like, he is her right-hand man. He gets shit done. And he's like, hey, you should hire, like, a private detective because Holly keeps telling the nurses, I don't want to call the police. We can't call the police. We can't call the police because we're famous. It's going to be in the tabloids. Really, a bunch of people don't know about this kid, and she doesn't, she wants to keep it that way. So Barry's like, hey, I got a guy. I got a guy. I'll, I'll meet him at this address at this time. So she goes, and of course, in every fiction fashion, because this would never happen. If I hired a private eye, he's going to look like Joe Pesci, right? She hires a private eye, and he's like, hot. And guess what? He has a hook for a hand, baby. And his name is Chris. As soon as they said his name, Christopher Cook, I was like, this Captain Hook. And apparently he was, like, in the Army, and that's how he lost his hand. And he, like, um, he used to be a police officer, but then I think he was, like, too rowdy, so they kicked him off. So now he's a private eye, but he still, like, he still like, messes people up. And he uses his hook, and so they call him, like, that's his name. They call him Captain Hook. But he usually works, like, closely with the police because on the side, he's working this drug case where these teenage boys are getting, like, hooked on this drug. This was some big foreshadowing. But he, then he takes, like, paid cases, he says, to fund the, the working for the lost boys, right? That's what they call these boys that are getting hooked on this drug, this pixie dust drug, the lost boys. Um, so she meets Captain Hook, Cook, instant attraction, right? He's super expensive. And she, she doesn't even tell him the truth. She's like, I'm looking for my daughter who was in a coma. I think she's with her dad. His name was Peter. That's it. And he's like, all right, that's not a lot to go off of, but, uh. So, like, their first meeting, she goes to meet him, and he turns around his laptop, and it's a blank screen. And she's like, is this a joke? And he's like, dude, what do you expect? You gave me nothing. You didn't even give me this. You told me his name was Peter Smith. So she's like, well, when I knew him, he was going by Pan. And he's like, oh. Peter Pan. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Um, okay, so now we got William caught up. Let me get back to the questions. Which event scene or character has stuck with you the most? I'd say Tinkerbell. Yes, she like, is. She's supposed to be this, like, teeny tiny cute little pixie thing, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, she's not. Yes. <laughs> in no. real life. Like, they describe, like, the author describes her so grotesque in yes. that her needs and, like, visual appearance align with, like, Peter Pan's wants and desires. Yes. So she looks horrible right now. Yes. 
And it explains because he's basically rotten. Right. That's why she looks the way that she does. Um, but she is the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. For reals. And we'll tell you why. Um, we'll tell you why in a minute. Event scene or character that stuck with me the most. Okay. So it's going to be a long explanation, but we're going to get there. I promise. We get a, a long, beautiful scene about how she meets her husband, Robert, which is just mm-hmm. that point I was sucked in because the telling of their story of how they met, they met in college. Um, instant love. Right. And then he dies in this horrible accident. Um, it was kind of creepy because she's like in the lab, like the bio lab working and he's and it's like past the time she was supposed to meet her friend at like five to leave. And it's like past five and she's like, shit. And um, so she like walks out with him and she's like, well, I don't know how I'm going to get to London now. And he's like, oh, I'm going to London. I can give you a ride. And she's like, really? He was like, yeah, I was like working on something in the lab. But um, yeah, I can totally give you a ride. So he gives her a ride home. Her mother's having this huge like winter ball. She has to like rush upstairs and put on her dress because she's late. She comes downstairs. Guess who her mom's talking to? Oh, Robert, that just took her home. And they start dancing. He's like, by the way, I was waiting for you because I've been in love with you because you've been in, like, some of my classes, but you never noticed me before. Okay. Robert's obviously hot because if an average-looking dude told you this, I'm calling the police because you're She'd stalking She's so creepy. Yeah. You're stalking yeah. But because Robert's like, hot. Like, did you totally think he was okay. Peter Pan at first? Because I did. Yes. Okay. 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 We'll come back to that because I have a, I have that written down for one of our questions. Yes, I can't believe you said that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the scene that has stuck with me the most, Eden is not Robert's daughter. And because remember they said, oh, wow, you're already four months pregnant. Mm-hmm. I guess you were pregnant mm-hmm. when you were in the hospital and we had no we idea. We must have missed it on all the tests. Right, because her leg is really messed up from that accident. In fact, she has like a limp when she walks. So she was in the hospital for a while because her legs were pinned in that car. My other issue is old Robert was driving a little two-door Porsche with twins in the back seat. Hello, bro, why weren't you in a Range Rover? Are you kidding me? Yes, of course your family was in a horrific accident. You have them in a Porsche, Robert. Why would you do this? <laughs> it makes a point to say that. How do you even get kids in the back of a Porsche? Yeah, How does really? that work? It doesn't have a back seat. It doesn't have a back seat. So um, a few days after her husband and her other child have died and her other child is struggling, they don't think he's going to make a recovery. She leaves the window open and old Peter Pan comes floating in, right? And what does this girl do? She's mourning her husband and dead child. What does she do, Lacey? She gets jiggy with Peter Pan. She gets jiggy with Peter Pan, the boy who won't grow up. And I'm like, girl, your mind is in the absolute wrong place. So what does Peter Pan do? He comes back another night because dude just got it for free, right? And then the third night, this is the scene that stuck with me the most. Horrific. Trigger warning. Peter Pan rapes Holly Darling. He bends her over the bed and he's like, this is how I saw the animals do it at the zoo. And this is what Lacey was talking about. It's like his mind is of a child's the way he talks like his she described him as like the most beautiful man she had ever seen he was young he had like golden hair but the what but like that statement when he was like oh i guess we're married now because we did it 
And that's how I saw the animals at the zoo do it. And she's like horrified because she has just been like raped and she couldn't fight him off because she has a messed up leg. And uh, she's like, get out. Well, of course that leaves her pregnant. So Eden is half Peter Pan. So that's why this whole book, she's like, okay, maybe this aging thing has to do with like Peter Pan's blood or whatever. I don't know. But yes, um, also after the experience, she couldn't really describe what he looked like. And that is why I kept thinking Robert was going to be Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking it was going to go back there. And then he's kind of an elusive character this whole book. We don't even really get him until the end. And then it's obviously not Robert. So I'll go to the next question. What did you think of the writing? Any standout sentences or vocabulary? I mean, I didn't see any standout sentences or vocabulary, but it flowed pretty well. Everything flowed yes. well. It's beautiful writing. I loved it. did flow very well. Um, I felt like the author had, like, a really, like, knowledge of Peter Pan and the stories and the mm-hmm. lore. Like, it had me looking stuff up because I, I, I have none. Um, and so... I, I like the writing. Next mm-hmm. question. Would you want to read another book by this author? I'll try it, yeah. I'll try Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Did reading the book impact your mood in any way? How and where? I mean... Uh, you find out later on, Peter Pan's really scum. <laughs> He's a dick. He's a dick. Like, okay, so it doesn't tell you why, but Holly starts going to like these seedy parts of town to like these male prostitute areas. Sex workers. (laughs) Sex workers. Um, because she, she thinks that it goes into her family history. Like when he came to see Wendy, he never came to see her mom and her mom's like real pissed about that. She believes Peter Pan shows up. Um, at the beginning, she thinks it's a loss of innocence. So that's why she starts hanging around these seedy places. Cause she's trying to find him. She's desperately trying to find him and trying to find her daughter because a, it's her daughter and B her son needs her daughter's blood and he's not doing so well. Um, all this time they're, they go back to London. They're staying with her mom. Jack's being a dick, getting into trouble, hanging out with this other kid. And like Lacey said, go ahead, go into this seedy places. Uh oh. Did, did I okay. make you lose? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot where it's going with it. Okay. Yeah. I do know where it's going with it. So like she just keeps going to these seedy little places and eventually like we'll explain she tracks down him again and you find out he's kind of like the pimp <laughs> okay the, um I just and the get drug cartel and it's just bad i don't think it ever said he it, he is the head of this drug organization that is, is pumping these drugs out but i didn't get any sexual undertones from that See, the only reason I did is because, like, usually when you're doing drug deals, you just, like, you know, pass the drugs through the car and all that. And, like, these were getting in the car and going on, off Hmm. to other places. And he was, like, the headmaster of a boy's school. Yeah, but I think that was just, like, 
it didn't really see it didn't there's some things it doesn't explain like it doesn't really explain that the boys school is not like a functional boys school i think it's like one of those closed ones and they're just like staying there oh you you think okay yeah because it says later on that he's he used to be able to persuade them better than he can now yeah and the only reason Holly finds him is because Jack gets kidnapped. She has to go back to New York for work. Jack gets kidnapped. She comes back. She gets this, like, ransom Polaroid, and it's Jack. And she has to go to Peter Pan. And he looks awful. Absolutely horrible. And um his mind, he's not, like, as immature as he was the first time she met him. But he's still, like, not all there. And um Tinkerbell is with him. And she... So before before um, Holly finds Peter, she finds Eden at this at this. Um, it's like an outdoor mall. I looked it up kind of thing because I wanted to see what that sculpture they kept talking about looked like in London. And um, she finds Eden and Eden is there with Tinkerbell. And Eden's like Tinkerbell is who came and woke me up and rescued me because she knew Peter was looking for me because he thinks. He's kind of always kept an eye on Holly and the Darling family, and he thinks Eden's blood will keep him from aging and help him get back to Neverland because he knows Holly's been doing all kinds of studies and stuff on her. What did he call them? Lotions and potions? Yeah. And so he wants Eden's blood. So Tinkerbell is like, I'm sick of his shit. Like, he's a horrible person. I got to help. So her, Eden and Tinkerbell are kind of like on the run. But Tinkerbell's still playing both sides. She's like a double agent, right? So when Holly goes to try to rescue Jack, she's there, but she's just like talking nonsense. And um pretty much so is Peter. And he doesn't give her Jack back. I can't remember oh, he wants he says, You can have Jack back when you bring me Eden. So she's like, I can't trade like one of my kids for another. He's like, Well, you're gonna have to decide. So she leaves and like so she she calls Captain Hook and she's like, I don't know what to do. And she tells her mom. And I would think that. OK, that's the next question. So let me answer this one. Did reading the book impact your mood? Um, I really wasn't expecting this book to be a mystery. And it totally no. is. Mm-hmm. It's totally a mystery. And I love mysteries. It um, because you're you're trying to solve the case. Right. So. What surprised you most about the book? Probably that really Peter's still just trying to find a home. Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. He really is like a boy looking. He's just kind of lost his way and gotten mm-hmm. into some shady shit. Trying to get back to Neverland. Um I think what surprised me most is that two things. First thing, you said her husband wasn't Peter Pan because I totally thought we were going there. I totally thought that. And I was like, that's why she can't really remember what Peter Pan looks like because that's her husband. And she thought he was dead, but he's not dead, but it doesn't go there. This happens a lot in this book. There's a lot of different ways you see this going, and it doesn't, which is very mm-hmm. refreshing in the mystery thriller world because some of those mystery thrillers are just too easy. It. They're yeah. too easy. They're they just it gets boring. I don't want to know. So I like that this one kept it fresh. The other thing that surprised me most was that her mom, I really thought her mom was working against her. Okay. 
So I did too. I totally thought, okay, so Holly at one point states that Peter Pan doesn't come. I think we've said this. Peter Pan doesn't come when you lose your innocence. He comes at like the lowest point in your life where you yes. think you're alone and you're wanting to die. Yes. So that's how he came to Holly. Holly told her mom that. And like from that point on, like her mom seems like bound and determined to like set up Jack to hear all of this stuff that he yes. has no clue about to like yes. put him in this funk so that Peter Pan will come. Like that's what I totally thought was going to happen. Yes. She keeps like leaving doors open so he can hear them talking and shit. Yes. She really seems villainous. Like she's up yes, to completely. something. And she she's redeems like really herself. cold. Yes. She's very cold. Um, I think she holds a lot of animosity that Peter never came to see her. Yeah. But then it's like kind of a good thing because you find out, why you he's know a dick. he's a dick um that's a surprising mouse how did your opinion of the book change when you reached the ending mm. i don't know that necessarily changed i mean we pretty much knew what it was coming into it <laughs> yeah i liked i mean nothing my opinion of the book didn't change if anything i liked it more no. i thought it had a great ending um, so let's catch William up. Peter has kidnapped Jack. She has, she's supposed to trade Eden. She's like, I can't. Eden comes to her with Tinkerbell and Eden's like, I have a plan. I know that Peter's keeping him in Big Ben. There's like an old apartment up there for the guard and that's where he's keeping him. Tinkerbell can get me, fly me up there through this door and we can rescue Jack. Um, but at the last minute, Jane, there was one blood injection left that Holly was saving in case Jack, like, desperately needed it. And Jane takes it, and she turns into this young person again. And she's like, guess what, suckers? I'm going instead because I love my daughter and my grandkids, and I'm doing it. So Tinkerbell takes her away, and they rescue um, Jack. And then she injects Peter with the sleeping pill, and Captain Hook goes and whoops his ass. And Peter Pan just, like, turns to Ash. And we don't know why. And I would like to know why. And um, mm -hmm. Eden is convinced that Tinkerbell thinks if they go back to Neverland, it will help with Eden's aging. It will stop it. So Eden's like, I really want to stay. I love you guys. But I think that I have to go or, like, I'm going to be an old lady in a few months and die. So Tinkerbell and Eden are going to leave. And at the last minute, Jane, the grandma who took that injection, she's like, I'm going to go too, because I think someone needs to go with Eden. And Holly's like, mom, like, how can you give up your life? And she's like, I've been wanting to go to Neverland forever. Like, this is totally, this is perfect. She's <laughs> like, I know all the rules. I've studied yeah. this my whole life. She's okay. like, I've studied this my whole life. I've been preparing for this moment. And so I thought that was a great ending. And then um, Holly ends up with Hook, which I am Good. loving the side romance. I'm loving that it's Hook every time. Yes. Although I do have an issue because Holly picks the absolute worst time to find a new man. Yeah. Like she waits until her her kid is missing. And then she's like, oh, hey, Captain Hook, you looking pretty good with that hook, baby. Or she's like, hey, my husband and my kid just died. Peter Pan, do you want to get it? Yeah. Yeah. Girl, get through your grief first. <laughs> find a man. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, um, Captain Hook, I'm sure he's totally hot. Like the dude in the show was totally hot. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. But where's? The outlet gator. Like, couldn't he have some gator boots or something? At one <laughs> yeah, there was. I kept waiting for that, too. And then when they said it was the bomb in Afghanistan, uh, 
I was waiting for that too, to be honest. And there was other little Easter eggs like Barry, her her right hand man. That's the name of the author of the book, James Barry. Um, okay, let's talk about Barry. Okay, so at one point, Holly asks her lab assistant back in New York to uh-huh. go into her secret lab and mail her this last file of Eden's blood. Uh-huh. And he does it because, you know, it's nice. Well, Barry finds out and Barry fires him. And then Barry's like, no, look, you need to sell your part of the company. And I've hired like a new scientist for the lab. He does kind of seem like he's turning into a villain there, but I really think he had the best intentions because he said that 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 lab guy started because remember Holly said he was very ethical and the fact that she was doing stuff with like human blood off the books and he went to Barry and Barry's like, no, 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 you're not about to, this is not about to happen. You're fired, dude. And you're going to sign this NDA. So I really think he was just trying to look out for her best interest and the best interest of the company because she, she does wind up selling the company at the end of the book. So, I mean, if her head wasn't in it, it was totally right, I think, to make that call. But I agree with you. There were there were a few pages there where I was like, oh, Barry is, um, what's going on here? There's Nan, the nanny, who, in the story, Nana, the dog, mm-hmm. is watching the kids. There's, and, and, Holly's mom is telling her all this because there's like weird coincidences throughout their life. She's like, your housekeeper's name is Nan. Like, don't you think that's a little too on the nose? And apparently like her husband had a friend named Roger Smee, who is Captain Hook's like, what do you call it? Like first mate? Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of little Peter Pan Easter eggs. There's a tiger lily. She was someone that I think Jane knew from the ballet. Um, so I like all those little little Peter Pan Easter eggs. I don't know too much about the story, but yeah. How does the book's title work in relation to the book's contents? It works because it's a joke in the family. Yeah. Like the grandfather did not want Wendy marrying who she wanted to, so he wrote it in his will that to inherit anything, they had to leave their last name as Darling. Mm-hmm. So it's a joke that. Anytime one of the darling girls sees another, they say, darling girl, you know. Yeah. And Holly wasn't going to do it. She was going to take her husband's last name. Her husband's like, are you stupid? Like, come on, dude, get this money. That would be Steve. Steve would be like, get this money. Yeah. Take Steve that. would be like, you better not. I mean, I don't even have an inheritance, and I kept my last name. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sore subject. Steve's giving me a very dirty look right now. Um, Is this book overrated or underrated? It has... 3.67 on Goodreads. I'd say it's about, it's about right. I would say it's extremely underrated. I would give it four and a half stars. I was kind of hoping for a reaction from you on that one. You know I don't rate things that high. I know. I, know. I never, I'm usually like a three, a solid three. This book was so, I loved it so much. It was so good. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very refreshing little mystery with some fairy tales snuck in there. Um, does this book remind you of any other books? Obviously. It's a retelling. Well, I mean, not in the sense that the good guy's the bad guy. Yeah. Except for, like, I mean, there's a, a line of young adult books that are along the same lines. 
though I don't. Is that like the one you gave me? Yes. So those are owned by Disney. Those are published by uh, Disney owns. Let me look at the publisher. I can't see it from this far, but they own a publishing Hyperion. I think they own a publishing company and that's who publishes those. Okay, so, like, that's only along the line of the story, but I don't think it's, like, anything else. Yeah. Um, how did it impact you? Do you think you'll remember it in a few months or years? Maybe look at Peter Pan real different, I'll tell you that. I know, right? I mean, that kind of happens with a lot of things as you grow up, you know? Like, yeah, a lot of the villains in movies, you're like, wow, some of the shit they're saying really makes sense. Yeah, you're like, oh, wow, I should, yeah, I'd probably turn dark after all that, too. Right, like Thanos <laughs> wanting to get rid of half the population. I'm like, hmm, maybe he yeah, was on to too. something with that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, any lingering questions or plot holes that you're still thinking about? I don't think so. I would like... If there was going to be another book, I think it would be cool to follow Eden and Jane and Tinkerbell's story and see where that goes. That I would have liked more of Holly and Hook's relationship. Romance. Yeah, like, I don't feel like there was enough. Like, we got, you know, a few of their interactions here and there, but not enough. Yeah, maybe they could have, maybe we could have had some, like, steamy. Right. Searching for her kids scenes, because that's what really turns her on. <laughs> Grief. <laughs> oh, Holly, Holly, Holly. Um, no, yeah, I don't have any lingering. Oh, we totally forgot about Nan's little brother, Ed, who Jack has been hanging out with. Oh, uh, yeah, Ed is Peter Pan's kid. Apparently, yeah. Peter Pan just got kids all over the city, but Eden's the only one. That has this magic. And Holly comes to the conclusion. She thinks it's the, the darling blood. Yeah. Because the other, like, Ed is not, there's nothing special about Ed. And a Peter kills his own kid. Peter is a dick, dude. Oh, my God, this dude yeah, sucks he's so really bad. much. Plot hole. I just thought of it. Why did he turn to Ash? I would like to know. I think it's because he's aging too fast. Because he does have mm-hmm. the same thing as Eden. But... I thought it would happen a lot quicker because Eden's aged really quick. Yeah. Or was it like, I was wondering if it had something to do with the hook, like it was silver or something. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. What is the story? I don't know, like the original lore with Peter Pan and his shadow. Isn't his shadow evil? And that's why he has to like, in the movie, they like sew his shadow back on or something. Yeah, I thought so. I thought it was something like that. Or is shadow is the troublemaker. What if? This Peter Pan in this book is the shadow, the shadow and that's why he turns to Ash. Mm. Ooh, we might be onto something. But where's the good one? Where in Neverland? Okay, so <laughs> they also say that Neverland is a fickle little thing. Like, yeah, she'll let you in, but like she stops letting Peter Pan in, and uh-huh. like he doesn't know why. I mean, we know why because he turned bad. Yeah. I would also like the que- the answer to where did Hook Cook Christopher Cook come from because he some there's a few snippets where he's like I feel like I remember another life but maybe it's just a dream so you're like did he come from Neverland 
Yeah. And then Jane says something about like Neverland has a habit of spitting people out in another place. Yeah. So I would like some more answers on that story. That would be good. Um, well, I do have a, a surprise for our listeners. Um, the author, Liz Mikowski, she is amazing. She's been interacting with us on social media all week. And so I was like, Lacey, should I ask her if she wants to answer some questions? And Lacey's like, shoot your shot. So I did, and Liz was very gracious, and she sent back these answers. So I'm going to read them to you. Are you ready? Yes. All right. First question we asked, what gave you the inspiration for this book, and why did you decide to focus on the story of Peter Pan? And Liz wrote, I actually had a crazy dream in which a girl in windy blue was sleeping in a stone turret in the countryside hooked up to all kinds of medical devices. There were no doors, but boys in Peter Pan green were flying in and out of the windows, whispering about who would save them if she died. I woke up and immediately reread Peter Pan and found it much more dark and sad than I remembered. I also wondered what Peter would like if he got older, but kept his, oh, the cleverness of me attitude. Okay, that sounds like a dream that I would have if I ate a bunch of candy before bed. <laughs> it's true. True. Um, I asked, what did your research process look like for this book? And Liz wrote, I reread the original Peter Pan several times, watched all the movies, read several J.M. Barry biographies, and read a bunch of Barry's other works, particularly The Little White Bird, which is a fairly creepy story where Peter Pan originates. I spent a lot of time reading about the Leland Davies family who Barry used as the basis for Peter Pan. The original Peter Pan is very melancholy and dark, and Barry's life was also very sad. I did a lot of research into the beauty and health industry. Uh, we asked, why did you decide to focus on Holly's point of view for this story, and why not Wendy's or Jane's? This was your question, Lacey. Mm -hmm. She said, for a few reasons. I wanted to use the Darling family because I wanted people to have some familiar familiarity I've had too much wine with their story but I also wanted to have some room to play with in terms of new characters and a new generation also the me too movement was gaining a lot of traction when I was writing and I thought Holly would have been someone who would have experienced harassment in her career and also that her story with Peter would be different from her mother's story and which one would we believe also okay so like the scene or not the scene but like leading up to the scene where Peter Pan sexually assaults Holly like you think it's a lot worse than what it is not that it's not bad mm -hmm. but it's very a very quick scene and it took me a couple times reading it to really understand what, what happened. happened because yeah. it was so quick it is very quick um yes and um the first few encounters she speaks like fondly of Right. And they're lengthier. Uh-huh. And like she she kissed him first. She felt like he was like she had these feelings when she saw him and when she was around him. And that's what that's why she did that. That's why she was attracted to him, because he was making her feel better because she's grieving. She's she's lost her child. She's lost her husband. So um, that's interesting that that she that she said that she said also Jane's daughter was named Margaret in the original. But so many people haven't read the original. I decided to change the name to Holly because Holly is evergreen, ever youthful, which worked oh. both for her job in the beauty industry, but also with the idea of the darlings looking, being younger than their biological age. It does mention that a lot, and we didn't touch on yeah. that. That's no. 
people tell Holly all the time, you look amazing for your age. Oh, my gosh. And then her mother, Jane, wow, you look look like you could be Holly's age. It made me think of, like, age of Adeline. Mm-hmm. So. Which is uh, funny because Jane has gray hair. Yes. Yes, she does. Maybe she dyes it. Who knows? I don't know. Um, I kept referencing her gray hair being up. Yes. Yes, she does wear it up a lot. I remember that. Um, we asked Liz, are there any scenes you would change if you could? And she said, there are always things I would change to make a book better, but no specific scene in Darling Girl. Ooh. We asked, did you draw on any real life experiences? <laughs> she said, sadly, I've never been lucky or unlucky enough to go to Neverland. <laughs> but I definitely drew on my time in London. I also drew on my experience as a parent and how hard it can be to let your children grow up and leave home. Yeah. In fact, I thought she was British um, because we also had a conversation early in the week about tea. And I was like, oh, OK, she's British because she like writes really intimately about London and like things that. Only like people that spend a lot of time in London would know about, but um, she lives in Massachusetts. I did like that it was set in London. We Me love too. London books. We love London books so much. I'll give you. I'll send you her tea recommendations too. It sounds really good. Um, we asked, are there any people from your real life in the book? And she said, I have a friend who always wanted to be a book in a book, so I put their name and changed all identifying details. You'll have to guess who. Oh, okay. A friend who always wanted to be in a book, so she put their name in and changed all identifying details. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Barry, maybe? I don't know. No, because I feel like... I mean, she's going with the original author when she says Barry, so. That's fair. And it wouldn't be Tinkerbell or Peter Pan. wouldn't be Wendy. Wouldn't be oh, Jane. but she put their name in. Okay, so a name that's not. It's either Holly, Jack, or Eden. Or Christopher Cook, because that's not Hook's name. It could be Christopher Cook. But I feel like Christopher, no, maybe I'm thinking of Christopher Robin. Because in Once Upon a Time, Hook's name was Killian. Yeah. Killian something. Huh, maybe it is Christopher Cook. Because that's the only one that doesn't fit, like, Peter Pan lore. Or Ed. But Ed's, like, that's a pretty common name, you know? Yeah, I don't think it's Ed. Mm. I don't know, though. Christopher Cook, that's a play on Hook. So maybe that was, like, intentional. Hmm. Was there, who else? Was there another name? Oh, maybe it's the scientist guy. I can't remember his name. The one that got fired. You know, it could be Christopher Cook because he's also a writer, apparently. Really? I just I just googled him and it said there was a writer named Christopher Ooh, Cook. I it was like their first friend. result. Liz, if that's who it is, tell us. Um, she said there are also details about some of the people I love in the book, some of their pet sayings or physical attributes. We ask, did you always have this ending planned, or did it evolve as you wrote the story? And Liz said, I pretty much always had the ending planned, but struggled with how to get there. My daughter is a very good writer and sounding board, and she made some just suggestions that were very helpful. Mm. We asked, who are some of your favorite authors and what is your favorite all-time favorite book? She said, I love Neil Gaiman, Alice Hoffman, Sarah Addison Allen, Mary Stewart, Susan Cooper, Barbara Kingsolver, Madeline Miller. 
My all-time favorite book is the audio version of The Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. I like Neil Gaiman, too. I think the audio, his, I bet that audio book is pretty good. And I asked, uh, and of course, who would you cast to play these characters in a movie? She said, I think there are loads of actors who could play many of the roles and do a great job. But I really, 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 all capital letters, <laughs> would love Andrew Scott as Peter Pan. I don't know who that is. So I'm looking it up for the first time. You look it up. Andrew here. Scott. Yeah, Andrew. That is Scott. Oh my God. Yes. He would be perfect. It's the, he, he's in, um, Sherlock, the BBC version. He is Moriarty. Okay. okay. And he's in that show Fleabag. He's an amazing actor. He would be brilliant as evil Peter Pan. Brilliant. However, is he the most beautiful man people have ever seen? No. But he's an amazing actor, and he can totally pull off. I feel like <clears throat> I feel like they'd have to get two actors because current Old Peter one. Pan is not the same Peter Pan that Holly meets. So I feel okay. like this would be current Peter Pan. Okay, good point. Yes, he would be perfect for that because the one that she meets, she says, is the most beautiful man she's ever seen, blonde dude. So who pops into my head? Who popped into your head? <laughs> no. <laughs> Did I'm you not say even... Channing Tatum? <laughs> no. <laughs> you said someone that has been canceled, so we do not speak his name. But actually, no, Steve, that is not who oh, that one. Head. Who popped into my head, may he rest in peace, Paul Walker. Because, baby, that's, oh, yeah. that's the most beautiful blonde man I've ever seen, besides Steve, my husband. <sighs> Yes. Who popped into your head, Lacey? You know, I don't know if I know many blonde actors. Who do I know? Blondes are, uh... No, I don't feel... Okay, okay, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Austin Butler. Who was that? So, he was in... Um, did you ever watch No, I hate Carrie Diary. Oh, <laughs> okay, I have a love hate relationship with him because yes, I did watch Carrie Diaries and everyone's a goo goo gaga over him and I'm just like, okay, whatever. But then he got cast as freaking Elvis Presley, who you know is like the Messiah to me. And I'm like, how is this dude going to be Elvis? But let me. I tell don't. You, yeah, I don't feel like. I didn't see it either. But let you got to watch the preview because he has nailed it. He doesn't look like facial features of Elvis, but his swagger, his singing, the way he moves Sounds his like body, it. his lips—he has nailed Elvis Presley. And I cannot freaking wait to see the movie. I mean, it's a Baz Luhrmann movie, so we're gonna love it. Like, hello, Moulin Rouge is one of our favorite movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, watch the preview. But I. But you know what? Okay. Austin Butler. Yeah, I think he would be a good Peter Pan, and you know he could play the older Peter Pan too because I think he has the acting chops to play an evil one as well. I feel like he could too. I just, but I. I feel like he would definitely be a younger one. He's he got could that like innocent look about him. Yes, and that blonde and that golden skin. 
But her suggestion of Andrew Scott as the evil Peter Pan, yes, that dude, he's an amazing actor. He could totally do it. Um, I could definitely see him as the conniving evil Peter we see at the end of the book. That little laugh, that little high-pitched laugh where he's like, (laughs) oh my god, that's chilling. Um, All the other characters... Ooh, you know who I was thinking would make a really good hook? The Duke from Bridgerton. The okay, Duke of Hastings okay. from the first season. Yeah, I mean, I could see you could that. get the little could earring, that. you get a bit of a little yeah, eyeliner. I could see He's that. I could see that. Ooh, I could totally see that. He would be a good Captain Hook. Faux show. Um, I mean, Holly's supposed to be like mid-40s, right? But she's supposed to look younger, so maybe we could do like a little Blake Lively or something. I could see that. But Blake Lively's already played like an unaging woman, so maybe not. Mm. You know, she doesn't want to get typecast into like women that don't age. But if you're going to be typecast, like might as well be that one more, right? Right. Like who better? <laughs> who better? Who better? You know? <laughs> better. Uh, um. So yeah, thanks, Liz, for sending in your answers. That was awesome. I like that we got to see inside your mind a little bit. Let us know if we guessed your friend. I'm really curious now to know who the friend is. Me too. Cool. We watch. We probably got it completely wrong. It's probably, probably like Maria, the housekeeper, or something. No, Maria was the nurse. But yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe well, you're yeah, the nurse. Sorry. It could be. It could be her. Yeah. Or Eden. I mean, it could be Eden because Eden's not like a character in Peter Pan, right? Like you said, you said Eden. Yeah. You could be totally right on that. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So that was Darling Girl. Loved it. Going on the bookshelf. Um, yeah, if you get bored, look into um, J.M. Barry because it is interesting. Like, you know, Liz mentioned that she read a lot of biographies. Um, I read on Vox.com he was inspired to write the character because his little brother died in, like, an ice skating Aww. accident. And his parents called him. And he wanted to, like, immortalize him uh-huh. pretty much. And his yeah. parents called him the boy that would never grow up. Aww. And, um... He meets the kids in the park. They are. I'm scrolling down. Yes. The whole. Okay. So this is from box.com. The whole thing was based on Barry's own relationship with George Eulen Davies, a five-year-old boy he met in Kensington Gardens when he was 37. Uh, Barry's dog, the basis for Nana ran right up to him and for whom he nursed a deep affection. Barry was soon to develop a similarly deep and jealous friendship with George's four brothers, John, Michael, Nicholas, and Peter, the last of whom would ultimately share his name with Peter Pan. And then John and Michael are Wendy's brothers. Mm-hmm. Michael is the one in the book that, like, fell and hit his head, and Peter, basically because Peter wouldn't let him come to Neverland with them. He was trying to take Wendy, and Michael was holding on to her dress, and Peter cut the dress, so he fell and, like, bashed his head in. Really bad. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Look it up if you're bored. It's very interesting. That's Darling Girl. Loved it. Anything else before we announce the next book? Nope. Okay. So the next book is my book. And do you remember what I told you we were reading? No. Okay. <laughs> um, you can thank the sales lady at Barnes and Noble for this one because she totally picked this out. It is called My Heart is a Chainsaw. By Stephen Graham Jones and Lacey, 
This is a horror book. Yes. <laughs> she said this book reads just like a slasher film, and it is one of the best slasher horror books she has if ever If it does read. not read like Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> so on the cover, <laughs> quote, the best horror, horror novel of the year from GQ magazine, and NPR said it's as brilliant as ever. Okay, look, Hendrix hasn't come out yet, so we can't say this is the best horror movie of the year. Or the and best horror book of the year, okay? Is, I always ask for good horror recommendations because I feel like horror is, underrepresented. Yeah. underrepresented because if you look at the bookshelf, there's like one little meager shelf for horror yeah. and mm-hmm. like four rows of mystery and thriller. And usually and so, what's in horror is like rewrites of like screenplays. Yes. yes. Or a mystery thriller that's just been thrown in there. So I told her, I was like, do you have any good horror recommendations? And she's like, oh, there's this author named Grady Hendrix. I was like, honey, let me just stop you right there. <laughs> Read them all. Loved them. And she's like, okay, if you love Grady Hendrix, you're going to love this one. She's like, what kind of movies, like horror movies do you like? I was like, Scream, you know, all the uses. And she's like, okay. She's like, this reads just like a slasher film. I was like, perfect. So I bought it. And then I was like, you know, I bet Lacey would really like this. So that's why I picked it. So two weeks, we're going to read My Heart is a Chainsaw. Um, it's one of those book talk viral books, so it's super popular. And there's a sequel coming out in like a month or two. Ooh. Yes, yes. So, uh, ooh, sorry. It's about, I think it's right at 400 pages. Sorry about that. It's okay, I don't care. We've read longer. Uh, yeah, I've heard it. I've heard it reads really fast. So we'll read that. Send us your thoughts, questions, pictures. Two bookworms, one podcast at gmail.com. Or on Instagram at two bookworms one podcast. Let me make sure I'm not forgetting anything. Nope, that's it. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye. bye. Little, say bye. Yeah.